Episode 25, Greg and Beth Langston. What happens is, as a result of going through this program, the students yeah. go through a transformation where okay. they receive clarity, they gain a tremendous degree of self-confidence, and wow. they have a sense of control over their future, which is wow. extremely important. You're listening to the Taylor Fit Wellness Podcast, where we explore wellness topics from A to Z so that we can take an active approach to improving our quality of life. Okay, here we go. So I am so excited to have Greg and Beth Langston with us today. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. How are you doing? We're doing great. Thank you. We're glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely, Francis. It's great to be on the call today. I'm so excited for our conversation. I would love it if you would let us know a little bit more about yourself so our listeners can get to know you and who you are and how you came to do what you do. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm in education and Greg is a business major. And long time ago, we met at Purdue University um, and we've been married many years and have two children, two lovely children. And um, we started this, I, well, we, our story is we raised our kids overseas. We were expatriates living in five different countries and, you know, raising our kids. It was such a great experience. I grew up in Indiana, had never been overseas. Greg had been, he grew up overseas. So for me, just to get out of this country was exciting. And so we started in Brazil. Our son was born in Brazil. And so raising kids overseas was great. They had, they learned foreign language. They learned to appreciate other cultures, which was wonderful. And uh, they just had some amazing educational experiences. For instance, in Singapore, in, in grades K through 12, right? They had 78 nationalities represented. It was amazing. So you can't get that kind of education, you know, anywhere else. And as an educator, I was very involved in their schooling. Sometimes we would have homeschool, like in Australia, they're on a different school year, their school year starts in February. So um, we would we homeschooled for part of that they were in first and third grade forever, I think. (laughs) Because then we moved to Singapore, and they're back on the US system. But so we did homeschooling in Mexico. They were the only non-Spanish speakers uh, in their whole school. And so they would come home with homework at night. And I didn't speak Spanish. Greg speaks beautiful Spanish because he grew up speaking it. But I took German in school. So we would have the, (laughs) they'd come home and we'd have Spanish English dictionary in one hand and their, their homework in the other. And we would spend like three or four hours a night just plowing through the homework. But, you know, kids are so resilient. They, from a young age, we can be teaching them much more than we are teaching them. I think, especially foreign language, especially foreign language. They pick it up so quickly as we get older. um, We do not. Yes. Absolutely. And then finally in Mexico, we actually had a little school in our house for other expatriate children because we didn't feel the local schools were giving as good an education as we wanted. So we had third, fourth, fifth and sixth grade in our house. And we brought in a teacher from the United States and she lived with us for a year. It was wonderful. One of the best school years these kids had. Because of the individualized attention. Yes, it was so great. And she's such a great teacher. Now she has six children, this teacher, uh, two adopted from Ethiopia, and then four natural born to her. And uh, actually a couple of her kids of her kids have gone through our program, which is wonderful now. So it's like returning the favor. We appreciated her so much. And then, so we knew that we needed to get back to the U.S. by the time the kids got to high school, you know, to prepare them for that college application process, which is harder to do overseas, you know? So when we got here, we found that the problem is they're just, they weren't preparing them in the high school. Um, and we felt nobody was preparing early enough. It, they were waiting till senior year. And a lot of times you can't do that. We need to get on it faster. Yeah. It just benefits the kids if we do. So, um, and they weren't equipping them with assessments so they could get to know like their strengths and their weaknesses and what would be good for them to study, what careers to go into. So, yeah. uh, whereas Greg, he, as an international executive, he was privy to hours and hours of coaching 
executive coaching and finding out his skills, helping to make him a better leader in the industry. And we, we were like, this is great stuff. Why did he's, he's saying, why did I have to wait 20 years to learn all this? Right. And so we started developing tools from what he was learning and experimenting on our own children with these, you know, here are your skills. Try this. They were our guinea pigs. They were our guinea pigs. Oh my God. And and that led to workshops with their friends. You know, we started to do workshops with their friends and then with young professionals in the area. And it just bloomed and the, and the, our students were being successfully accepted to the universities on their list. I mean, our kids, our daughter was a volleyball player from Michigan state. So that was a whole different process. We worked a lot with athletes back in the day too. And our son went to an Ivy league school. He went to UPenn to the Uh Wharton school of business. So we have two different tracks that they were on. And now he lives in New York successfully in the financial industry. And she is, she went to professional beach volleyball route with the AVP in California. And now she's a medical device sales rep. So they've both done their own thing. And, uh, And we are glad, you know, we're glad to have been overseas, but we do find that when we got back here, they just weren't being developed for what the college admissions officers are looking for in students, you know. You're probably finding some of that as your your two boys are going through the process as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I have a 14 year old and a 17 year old, and I was so grateful to have the connection to be connected with you guys and hear what you're doing with the college flight plan. And I, I, um, I love to think of this uh, as uh, you guys are the co-pilots in the, uh, in the experience because, (laughs) and your experience with the education and some of the things that I think that are so amazing are this idea of assessments to figure out what is it that you want to do? You know, like as, as a, as a teenager, like kind of going into, you know, approaching college and then figuring out, well, what is it they do want to do in the first place? I love what you said about why wait 20 years to <laughs> go through this process. Um, so true. And in fact, all the parents that we talk to, they're like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have had this when I was a kid, you know? Absolutely. That was my exact same thought. I wish I would have had this when I was a kid. When I grew up, this was before the internet. Like I didn't even know there was such a thing as like a book that would talk about like different professions and like the details about some, some of the things that are involved with them, you know, like how much do they make and, you know, what's like, what's, you know, what, what are salaries and what are involved in the jobs and, you know, and even, you know, nowadays we have things like indeed.com and Glassdoor, I think are some uh, websites that tell you like, well, what professions, you know, what are, what is the income that you can what's make involved? from them and yeah. what's involved. And now we have the internet that we can look up. What's the difference between, you know, an occupational therapist and a physical therapist, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm back to school myself pursuing occupational therapy and, oh, and kind you. of, yeah, you know, and yeah. so like the difference between the two and well, it took a long time. I'm, I'm 52 and I'm just trying to figure out, well, what am I going to, where am I going to land and what I'm going right. to do? And so to, to, to give that to the kids is such a huge thing. So tell me a little bit more about what was the process in developing the assessments for the kids? Well, um, we, I can talk to you about, about that, but it may be what we could possibly do is possibly share what are some of the things that the college admissions advisors are looking for that I think your audience would really want. And then what I'll do is I can take you through the process that we go through, um, because I think that that will really help your audience better understand what they're confronting and what challenges they have and how if they do some research, if they use the tools that we're going to give them at the end of this, uh, at the end of this podcast, yeah. they're going to be able to save themselves a tremendous amount of time. It will guide them through a quick start process to get started and provide their their students clarity. So, so maybe amazing. Beth can can share a little bit about what the college advisors are looking for. Yes, sure. yes. So I've yeah. been doing this for twenty years, and. Um, what I've found over the years that there are three most important qualities that admissions officers are looking for in students. And of course, the first is academic success, right? right. So it's that GPA, keep that GPA up. And that's why I like to remind kids at freshman year, you've got to start with a strong GPA. Otherwise you spend the rest of the time catching up 
and trying to make up. And the same thing will happen freshman year in college. They need Mm -hmm. to hit the ground running there because you don't want to spend the next three years or six years, depending how long you're in college, making up for that poor GPA in your, when you thought you were going to school to party, you know, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) so, but the academic success, so GPA, their standardized tests are very important. And also the quality of the classes they take, if you are offered honors classes and you qualify, you should be taking them. If you're offered APs, you should be taking, don't, totally overload, but they will look at the quality of the classes that you take. So that's important. And then the, uh, the next thing that's important to them are the extracurricular successes that you have. And that doesn't mean, you know, a schools require a certain amount of hours of community service usually, yeah. but this is beyond that. This is showing that you are, have an in-depth interest in your mm-hmm. community service or that you show a leadership position in your activities, your sports, whatever mm-hmm. you're involved with, or if you have outside interests be- beside the school and entrepreneurial spirit is key. Mm-hmm. Um, you had some students. Yeah. So during COVID, there were students in a neighborhood that we used to live in, in Ohio, actually. Mm-hmm. And they, they were some of our students, three young men in the neighborhood, high schoolers decided to gather food items from the neighborhood for this charity oh, that great. was suffering during COVID. And so yeah. they would go around, they advertised in the neighborhood, went around in their golf cart, collected all the food donations and took them to the charity and they did that all on their own. And they, you know, and they created, yeah, they created a website about it and everything. So we were so proud of them and what a great thing to put in your application or to write your essay about that, that would make you stand out as a person who was giving back to the community, you know? So, um, but the third thing that the college uh, admissions officers are looking for are students with good character that have a plan for the future, that okay. they know what they want to do. And that's that's the thing that can make them stand out because a lot of students have academic success, they have extracurricular success, yeah. but the good character and a plan for your future is you know, something they haven't thought about sometimes. A good character, we hope they have that. I always say, keep your social media clean because they will be looking at it. These college, sometimes that can make the difference. So start freshman year, keep it clean and positive. That's, yeah, that's, that's absolutely what I tell my teenagers. Like, you, you know, you never know down the road. It's very different. You know, I think like when I grew up, there was no such thing. Right. And, but I think that it really can make the difference. If you have the same qualifications, you have the same, everything as another person right next to you, Mm-hmm. You know, how, what is going to be the tipping point? Like what is going to be mm-hmm. the thing that makes someone decide, you know, and I think exactly it, you know, come down and to it that. could be as much as maybe they have all the good grades, all the great standardized test scores, and they have good character and they wrote great essays and they had great interviews. Well, let me just look up their Instagram page or whatever right. it is, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, oh, you know, so keeping it clean in every aspect is good. Yeah. And they, the, and students that have goals and values and know their purpose in life, th- that self-awareness about their yeah. strengths and their weaknesses, very yeah. important. And just their natural inclination. So they know what their major is going to be, what their career is going to be, you know, yeah. and they're not too young to find out all this if yeah. they have the opportunity to find it out. That's what we like to provide. So and the idea of finishing in four years rather than six, I was a six year student myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, We've got some statistics I, on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, so to, to get it down to four, like, I mean, two years is a big difference, you know, yes. um, and I yes. think just ha- finding your direction and really assessing, well, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses and what profession would you really be excited about? Yes. That's so it's key really to know, and they can do it in four years, question. you know, on those that are for your, you know, um, degrees. Sometimes yeah. if you want to do more, you've got to go farther. Like I have yeah. an example, our son, he always thought his whole life, he wanted to be a, in the science realm, um, yeah. like a surgeon or anything, but we recommend that kids while they're in high school, get those internships, get those, you know, go to work with a doctor days, 
so he interned with a neurosurgeon and a cardiovascular wow. surgeon, which was fascinating, fascinating. But after his internships, he's yeah. like, I don't think I want to do this. Yeah. He said, there's no interaction. It's like being a car mechanic. You go in, they opened him up. You just do your mechanical work on the heart and then close them up. And you really don't interact with the patients. And he didn't that's like that. Amazing. So he went into the financial world. You know, so. That's so amazing. My, uh, my sister is a nurse and, and her daughter was, was considering um, one of her daughters was considering uh, going into the medical field as a surgeon and, mm-hmm. um, you know, was able to have the opportunity to attend a surgery. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that was really key. I think what you're saying is absolutely so valuable. Like get in there, see what it's really like. And then you might find it's not what you thought or there are exactly. aspects you didn't know about. You and know. you can start doing that, you know, freshman year. Oh my we don't God. have to and wait till we're seniors to do right? that. Oh though. my God. Yeah. <laughs> that's so amazing. I love that, that, you know, just, um, to get to a place where that suits you better sooner. Mm-hmm. How, how good is that? <laughs> and also speaking to that, you know, again, it all goes down to what makes you stand out and be different. So when you get to writing your essay, you have that personal statement, that's 650 words. You can speak to your experiences and how yeah. that, you know, changed your mind about what you want to do or, other oh, universities great. will ask for supplemental essays too. It's not just the personal statement that's required. Yeah. So, you know, we can come out at this from many different directions. Once you've mm-hmm. had the experience, that's the thing they need to have that. And, you know, the applications rate is growing right now. It's very competitive this year. It's up to, even to all the Ivy league schools, they're getting more applicants than ever. Yeah. And therefore, acceptance rates are going down because they okay. can't take them all, they you know, take everybody, right. You have to, you might have that great GPA that, and great standardized tests, but what's going to stand out and make you different because there's just not enough room for all these students. They just yeah. can't accept everybody. Yeah. So you have to find what makes you different, what makes you unique and how you can express that, you know, because these, these universities are looking for kids that can hit the ground running when they get there that can contribute positively to campus life and the community life around them. And that can graduate who can graduate with honors and go out into the world and make a living and reflect positively on those universities and give back to the universities and mentor the students there, you know, so that's what they're looking for. (laughs) I'd never thought of it from the university standpoint, but it makes sense though. Someone who goes through and is, is really focused and driven and does their work and contributes Mm -hmm. while you're there, there, and then also then goes on to then stand out as well. And then that will exactly. reflect good on the university and then possibly they can contribute back. I hadn't actually thought of that as a, yeah. a viewpoint, but it makes sense. And another great thing is to, you know, many students think that the universities are looking for this well-rounded students who's done a little bit of everything, but really they're looking for well-rounded student body that where they can put students in who have had unique experiences or, you know, more concentrated experiences. They want their student body to be well-rounded, not necessarily the student. So, you know, they'd rather dig deep with you than be a lot of surfacey activities and things. And that's why it's important for the student to be able to express themselves both verbally and in writing uh, as to what their strengths are as a result of some of the assessments that uh, that we take them through, and I, I can talk about that because that sounds you know, great. Yeah. What, what happens is, as a result of going through this program, the students yeah. go through a transformation okay. where they receive clarity, they gain a tremendous degree of self confidence, and wow. they have a sense of control over their future, which is wow. extremely important. That you want your students to have confidence. But back to your point er- earlier that it took you six years to get through. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, just, not unusual. <laughs> right. That is not unusual. In fact, 60% of current college students take six years to get through. Wow. 40% get through in four years. Okay. And one of the reasons for that is mm-hmm. because the student to high school counselor ratio is one counselor for every 424 students. Oh my gosh. And so wow. this, the, the counselors, they recommend. they recommend 240 to 250. Yeah. And what happens wow. is 
the counselors, as much as they would like to, don't have the bandwidth to help these students figure out what they want to do. Oh my gosh. I think I directly experienced that. I remember going through the process. I I, I don't know, it was some sort of standardized test on, I somehow remember it being on a computer back in the day that looked like a video game, you know, you fill in the, you know, fill the information and it didn't make sense to me. And I think I didn't have anyone to process the answers with, like somehow Mm -hmm. the direction that, that, that stat, assessment took me through didn't make sense to me, but it sounds mm-hmm. like what you're doing is much, I mean, well, it's, that is antiquated what I went through, you know, but I, I have direct experience with like, kind of like not knowing what I wanted to do, but then trying to figure it out with what help was there, which, which didn't make sense to me. And that was just baffled more. Mm-hmm. So, so back to like the, um, the ratio of, of, uh, students to counselor is really, much higher than, than it, it should be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, a lot of these students are left on their own to figure out what they want to do. And the parents want to be guided. And that's what, when we came back to the States, we found this self-discovery just doesn't exist. And right now there is no other program. No one else is doing that. There are, there are assessments and we'll share some of those in the links that we're going to provide mm-hmm. okay. that identify skills that might be of interest to mm-hmm. the student, but there's no self-discovery in terms of what are my core values and okay. why are they important to me? And what we do is we help them take a deep dive into what their purpose is, what their goals are, what their core, you know, armed with all of that information, they're going to be able to understand what makes them unique. Okay. And as a result, what's going to happen is the reason most of the kids are going through 60% are graduating in six years is because they're changing majors at least three times. Oh my God. Three times. At at least three times. At least three times. Okay. 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 And if, if you look at a, um, a local non-private school, it's $27,000 a year. Yeah. If you are an out of state student for that same college school, it's $43,000 a year. Yeah. If it's a private school, it's $50,000 a year. Right. And right. so you change majors a couple of times, you're already into six figures. Oh my God. And if you're in an Ivy League school, Harvard's at over $80,000. Wow. And so what we felt compelled to do is we want to help the students master their own self discovery. Beautiful. So that they can activate their life's purpose. And in high school, it's not too young to do that. Mm-hmm. And so we mm-hmm. give them the opportunity, beginning with core values. Then we identify their strengths and weaknesses. And uh, the interesting thing is uh, we take them through a 360 process. That's an assessment that allows them to get feedback from up to eight different trusted contributors Uh that provides them with honest feedback, objective feedback relative to their strengths, their weaknesses, their talents, how they add value to others, what majors they believe that they should select, and what things they do well and what things they don't do well. So they're getting a really comprehensive view with 200 data points of information that the student receives as a result of going through this process. Wow. Tell me a little bit more about the feedback. Like, how does that happen? Is it, is it individual people? Is it like different processes for the feedback? In order to make it really valid, um, mm-hmm. what I took, and this is, again, the benefit of Beth being an educator and me being an executive, yes. saying, how can we take the, the two training methods from mm-hmm. the best of both worlds? Yeah. And I found that when I was running a billion-dollar business, they're trying to create you know, effective leaders and help me to, to grow. They said, okay, we want to give you feedback from people that are your supervisors, your peers, and your subordinates. And so you get to select who's going to be the person that's going to give you objective feedback. And we do the same thing. We suggest that both parents, if possible, yeah. respond. We suggest that they pick the college count, the college uh, advisor to respond. They can pick a, uh, a favorite teacher, a coach. If mm-hmm. they are working, they can pick a boss. Wow. Um, and they also yeah. uh, can pick a relative. And we also ask them to pick an accountability partner, which I'll talk about here in a little bit, which makes wow, it great. extremely special to, to go through the process. And so these are curated, individualized people 
who we send once they're we're given an email address. Yeah. They're sent a confidential email. We don't see, we don't know and all the details, but we provide the student with a report. It's a, a detailed 16-page report that shows 200 data points as to where they think they are wow. versus where everybody else thinks they are. What a great way to get a bird's eye view of what's really happening. I mean, as far as, you know, knowing oneself, I think everybody's on a different place with that. And as a teenager, knowing oneself, like, I think that how often is it that friends and relatives and, 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 you know, people that know us see things before we do, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and so what a great thing to have that objective feedback. And those are real people. It's aunt May, it's cousin Sarah, it's your favorite teacher from high school. And, and, and I, how reaffirming for a, a person to get that feedback um, that, and they might learn things about themselves that they didn't really even Definitely. realize. That's amazing. Definitely. And I even- love that. Even at the end, it's so cool because I know you're going to talk about summary statement later, but they have a whole summary of everything they learned. And we've had, they share it with their parents and their accountability partner. And we've had moms and dads who said, oh my gosh, I've known you for 18 years and I am learning more about you just from hearing you go through this whole process. It's so cool. Oh, what a gift that is. <laughs> uh, we have one, uh, one student who's in Bogota, Colombia, and uh, he told me a couple of weeks ago as he was sharing his feedback with his accountability partner, um, mm-hmm. she wept um, because, oh. of the, uh, he, because he was taking ownership for his mm-hmm. future and said, mom, in his, this case, his, it accountability, was, his yeah. accountability partner was his mom. Yeah. He's saying, these are my strengths. These are my values. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to study. This is what's important to me. And this is why I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And oh the mother was listening to her son articulate without a fight, without stress, <laughs> uh, you know, without gnashing teeth, was actually explaining this process to her. Oh, so my cool. God. That's so amazing. what the program includes is yeah. micro learning videos, because we yeah. know that teenagers don't have a lot of attention span and they're yeah. also so busy. The last yeah. thing they want to listen to is a one hour video. Right. Um, so the average videos are two and a half minutes. Perfect. They get an interactive workbook that uh-huh. they can work with on their phone, on their iPad, on their computer. It's all mobile friendly. They get the One summary shot. document that Beth mentioned where the student takes ownership and presents to their parents and their accountability partner. Wow. And they also have an accountability partner that I mentioned that they get to pick. Okay. So it could and, be a buddy. Oh my God. Well, it should be somebody that they respect that will give them. And we give, we articulate it in the, in the okay. guide that we're going to give you, we articulate what a student should look for in an accountability partner. Okay. But we all know that when you set a goal, if you write it down, you have a higher likelihood of doing it. Yeah. There is, uh, there's evidence that says if you say to a group of people, to your friends, I'm going to do this goal, the probability of success is 50%. There's also the equivalent for if you, if you choose an accountability partner, the probability of success is 95%. 95%. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And so, wow. so therefore the likelihood of success in college and uh, in your career is going to be much greater. So what we do wow. is take them through that process. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Oh my God. I, I love that. I, you know, it's interesting because thinking about just getting that, you know, the objective feedback and then getting to a place where you have what you said before, the clarity, the self-confidence and the self-control. I mean, how empowering is that for a person? I mean, any person, but how wonderful to have your teenager be able to already have these, you know, wonderful, like kind of, I want to say just uplifting things like clarity, Mm -hmm. self-control, um, you know, self-awareness. Um, amazing. Cause when you think about how it's scary to yeah. go to think about going to college, it's scary for the parents <laughs> and yeah. it's scary for the student. Cause if you've never embarked on that path before, it's like, it's a whole new world, it but is. it gives everybody confidence. The parents also feel like, okay, <laughs> my kid knows what he's going to do. And And if you know that, if you know what you're going to do because Mm -hmm. of like looking into what are your values, what are your strengths, what what are your weaknesses? I think that 
seeing the visualization for yourself that you're on the other side, imagining yourself doing it is such a huge like contributor to follow through. I mean, Mm -hmm. how many students drop out of college? How many students go? And then actually (laughs) I have a friend whose son went to college in a beautiful campus with a beach. And I remember moving them up there and, you know, some months later to find out they stopped going to classes. They were enjoying the beach. They just were living there, basically. <laughs> like college. Forty-one percent is it? Forty-one percent drop out. Okay. 41? Okay. That's a lot. And so, <laughs> if you're spending, you know, in any of those schools, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be at fifty or a hundred thousand dollars for that mistake. And so, right. we can save the students and their parents that angst and that impact because we don't want people to come. We don't want students to go back and live in their parents' basement. Right. You know, we we want them to have successful, independent independent contributors to society. That's that's what we want to be able to do. I think we have a little play on words here. So this is like the college flight plan. So we literally want them to be able to to launch, right? To take off. (laughs) Exactly. That is very true. Um, I love that you guys are great co-pilots in in the uh, in the process. Like uh, I wouldn't I'm just, you know, I, I. I can't imagine two more like uh, just focused and clear, uh, just honest and giving uh, people to to uh, to, to kind of guide that journey than you two. Just you know, from you know, uh, well, we really enjoy it. Well, that. we have the scar tissue of life that we're able to share <laughs> with people to say, you know, that's going to leave a mark. Don't do that. Uh, you know, we want to be able to share this with young people. It's it's not done today, and so. That's what gets us up in the morning is to be able to share this with families and students. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) What a gift. You know, you mentioned, you mentioned the core values. That is something that is particularly important Yeah. and it's not something that should be dictated to, to the student. It's something that they need to discover on their own Mm -hmm. because this is a core belief system that they have that's Mm -hmm. non-negotiable. And so we help them go through a process where they determine what's most important. They determine any roadblocks, any okay. instances, any people that are impeding them from exercising that, that core value. And then they put, we, they put themselves through an action process where they determine how the values are working in real life. Because mm-hmm. When they leave their course and they leave family and they leave home, they're going to be by themselves and they're going to be confronted with situations that may challenge their values. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if we provide them, if they learn the ability to say, I'm not going to do that, I will do that. And I'm not going to do that. They're going to be Mm -hmm. much better off. And it's going to be able to contribute not only to their life in in college, but also uh, in the future. So talk to me a little bit more about like some of the specifics of how to discover some of those core values? Like, like how would, what would be something that, like an example of an exercise that would happen? What happens is they each are given an interactive list, uh, which has 60 different core values. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they are able to determine what are their primary values and what are their core values? And so what they must have, what they'd like to have and what would be nice to have. Okay. And we take them through, the, again, the two and a half minute videos that direct them to understanding what values are important to them and why. Okay. Then after the they've, why. Select, why, so once they've selected the value, then mm-hmm. we have them say, why is that, to your point, why is that important to you? And then what are some things that you need to stop, start, and continue doing relative to that value that might be impeding your ability to to do that value? Oh, I love that, right? Because there could be things that they're doing in the moment that are counter to the values that they have. Like one example, um, just this is from like an adult that I just was recently speaking to. They sort of had, uh, they had put out index cards, uh, pink ones and blue ones. And the pink ones were, the things that were taking up their time that they were spending their time on. And the, the blue ones were um, what they really were, what was really important to them. You know, they realized that the two were not matching. So as far as something, you know, anything impeding your, uh, your progress, like in, in staying 
you know, cohesive with um, supporting your values that that's, that's very, or let's say, let's say there's a value that you have of um, love Mm -hmm. and you have an estranged relationship with a relative, a close relative. So what are you going to start, stop and continue doing to address that? Wow. Yeah. Right. It could be as simple as picking up the phone. (laughs) Exactly. And saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. And so then what we do is we take them through that process that allows them to make the decisions based upon in order uh, their values. So um, it's a comprehensive process. It takes them through at their own pace and they're able to deal with it. Plus we, we define each value. Beautiful. That's amazing. So after they go through the values, then they go through Mm -hmm. the 360 assessment with the strengths and weaknesses that we talked about. Uh-huh. Then we take them through another assessment, which is called the Colby Conative Assessment. Uh-huh. And this measures conation, which is your instinctive way of problem solving. Oh my gosh, that's amazing because so many different people have different ways of going about it. Yes. But like wow. when you're assigned a task, you know, yes. are you like homework or do you research to see how they did it before? Do you make a plan? This is how I'm going to go about doing it. Do you envision uh, what you're going to do? That's what Greg is a visionary. I'm a researcher. (laughs) Or you just go out and build it. I mean, some people, most athletes are just, they just want to give me a little bit of information and I'm going to go out and do it. I'm going to go out and do it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So those are great um, tangible examples of -hmm. of, um, different types of strategies. Yes. That people and I've, taken the asses- I've taken the assessment. Sorry to interrupt you there, Francis. I've no, taken okay. the assessment three different times over the last 10, 15 years, and yeah. it has not moved one point, which is really so, interesting. Yeah. So you are what you are. You are. You are what you are. Yes. Okay. Well, and I think that the, the beautiful thing about that is I, I find that sometimes within just speaking with people and having different different strategies right? That uh, to just recognize that, that that is different for people. And so if someone has a different strategy than you have, you have a different strategy than someone else, that to reconcile those and just to be aware of that can be so valuable. And you know, it, but- it really plays a part in deciding what you want to do as a career. <gasps> oh my gosh. A demonstrator that wants to go out and build it. You don't want to be sitting behind a desk eight hours a day. Like wow. a researcher might want to, if I'm yes. going to research, you know, <gasps> so they're just different. And if you're an, an, a visionary that yes. sees way down the road, you know, you don't want to be the one that's planning the path, how to get there. You want to be envisioning. I might have to plan the path, how to get there. You know, yeah. that's how we yeah. complement each other. He, he's Beautiful. the visionary and I'm like, okay, but what's the step one, two, three, and right. four. How do we, I say, we're going to go take that mountain. And she says, well, how are we going to get out of the parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's where I would get stuck. I would be like, I'm in the parking lot. I don't know how to get to the mountain. Um, so, the, so, so, but important. it is fascinating. And that part of your brain never changes. You are born with that and it stays. Your personality can change a little. We can improve on ourselves, you know, yeah. but this yeah. is it. And there's nothing wrong with it, any type. It's just knowing that type and understanding the other types. It's key. So how many types are there? Four. There, there are four, four types. Categories. There are four categories. Four categories. So usually a person will be a little higher in two of the four, okay. not always. And a rare person will be what we call a mediator, who is even, our son is a mediator. He tested evenly on each of them. So he can research, he can plan, he can envision, and he can also demonstrate. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So research, plan, demonstrate, and envision. Envision. Okay. Okay. And Francis, one of the interesting things that you say, okay, so how do we pull all this together? Yeah, yeah. We then take this information, or rather the student takes this information, and they create what they call, what we call their DNA, which is their distinct natural abilities, where they take what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, what are their values, what are their problem solvings, what are some things that they should not do? And they then have that in a paragraph that they write down, that they keep, so that they know that going forward in school or in a, in a business situation or whatever they're going to do, 
from a vocational perspective, they'll know when offered choices to volunteer for a role, they'll know which ones to jump on and which ones to avoid. Oh my God. <laughs> Thinking of that Kenny Rogers song, no one to hold them, no one to fold them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one to walk away and no one to run. Exactly. Sometimes you're going to want to run. <laughs> oh True. my God. So True. what a time saver, what a clarification tool. I know sometimes you'll hear people talk about a mission statement oftentimes. And, mm-hmm. and I think that to have you know, the why behind it is so important. And if you know these things, you know, I love the plan words, by the way, the DNA, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, yeah, right. the um, I, I, just like the flight plan comment earlier, we're going to use that too. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Yeah. <laughs> My vision of this is like, if you're in a dark cave, if you have a torch that is just lighting the way, oh. you know, it's like, it's that piece of paper that is just like, this is what, this is like, just shows me, you know, just a visualization of, who I am, what, what I, how I tick, what works best for me. And then what you were saying, what should I do and what should I not do? Well, wow. Great. <laughs> then, you know, then the student goes through and it develops based upon this. You see, there's a building program. They develop their why, as you mentioned, we refer yeah. to it as the purpose statement. Simon yeah. Sinek uh, wrote the book on find your why yeah. predominantly focused on business people, yeah. uh, which is what you do, how you do it, but the important thing is to find out your why. And mm-hmm. let's take a, coll- a high school student. You know, what are they? They're a high school student and a contributor to their family and the, and the community and so on. Uh, how do they do it? They get good grades. They go to school and so on. The question is, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. And the fact that we help them determine what is their why mm-hmm. will help them determine what is the right major to pick, what is the right career to pick, and saves them the extra two years in college because they're able to move forward much more quickly and effectively than, than their peers. I'm going to throw you a tricky question. Go ahead. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. What if, what if the teenager is not asking why for themselves, but they're asking why bother? Oh, that's a good question. So they don't have that vision of their future. That's what it is. What if they've gotten to a place where, well, okay. The state of the world as it is, you know, COVID having mm-hmm. sort of shifted everything, you know, so this is the situation now for, for the world, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, I, I could say maybe there's going to be an individual something that happens in someone's life that maybe there's a tragedy or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. like what if they've come to a place where they just are kind of questioning why bother? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a totally opposite you know, kind of um, place than someone who's like eager and ready and willing wants to get in there. Like what would, how could something like what you're, what you guys are offering? I, th- I think it could be very valuable. I'm just trying to, trying to visualize, like if there is a child who is like in a place where they just kind of don't care anymore, they're just like, why bother? I'm just gonna, mm-hmm. I'm going to be, you know, you know, and maybe they'll, I'm just going to get a job that makes a couple bucks and skate by and that's it. My response to that would be, The fact that we come alongside the student where they are and capture them where they are in life to determine, hey, listen, I'm not going to tell you what my values are. We're going to take you through a process. You determine what your values are and why is that important Mm -hmm. and what decisions are important to you. I understand you're, you're disappointed and you're distracted and you're not happy right now, but what are your values? And maybe we can build a program, uh, help you to discover what are your strengths, because they're going to list, because they're forced to, what are my strengths? They're going to say, I've got all these weaknesses. Okay, cool. But what are my strengths? And then they're going to get up to eight different people saying, listen, you're really good at this. And this is a skill that you have. And you may not know it, but you're really good at this and this and this, which will help empower them. And again, provide that transformation that I believe helps the student gain that clarity, confidence, and then they get a sense of control. Yes, because this year with COVID, I think we've all felt at times that we've lost control of our lives. Somebody else has the control or some disease has the control. You know, it's a very different scene than, than it used to be. So giving them that chance to feel like they're getting control back And realizing that they can make goals for themselves. We help them make goals in the areas of health, wealth, wisdom, and relationship. And they've never even had the opportunity to do that or 
think of those four categories. And so if they can envision their lives when they're 65, which is hard to do, but what do you want (laughs) at the end of your life? And then we break it back to five and one year goals even. So they can be doing little snippets at getting where they want to be. But also that, that student or that child who's saying, I'm not so, you know, I don't know if I even want to try now. I, you know, I understand that. And when they go through this, they may feel, well, college isn't the thing for me, but maybe a vocation is something else, which is great. I think more kids should be going into vocational things than are because college isn't for everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the beautiful thing about just this part of our conversation right now is I'm, I'm kind of envisioning like if there's a kid who's struggling, like this process, going through this process and having someone alongside them and then getting feedback and maybe regaining their confidence and having some sort of a vision for their future when maybe they didn't for whatever reason, you know, again, I'm thinking if there was some tragedy or, you know, I mean, again, with our, our state of the world is COVID is, is huge. Right. And, and affecting so many people uh, so much. I think that the beautiful thing is that it could, could really turn things around for someone. Yes, um, definitely. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's so many, oh gosh, problems that people have in life. I've just got a new student this week who both of her parents are alcoholics and she lives okay. with her grandmother and bless her heart. She's, she's a junior and she was so concerned that she was too late to the game to mm-hmm. get ready for this college application process. And I said, no, this is great. Let's get started. I'm right here with you. Don't fret one okay. more minute about it. We're going to do okay. this together and we'll okay. get through it. So that's fabulous. That's yeah. fabulous. What an amazing thing to have that kind of support and right. be able to break through barriers, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, to still the key, though, amazing. the key thing, though, is to be able to have these lofty goals, whether they're lifetime, five year, one year. Mm-hmm. But then, as important, is what am I going to do today? Yeah. To keep mm-hmm. supporting that, and what I, what are some bad habits that I'm doing today that I'm going to reduce? Mm. And interestingly, <laughs> um, social media is the one that most of our students are saying I'm going to reduce yeah. and we, oh. we help them to determine a specific number of hours that they're going to reduce per day, wow. which will then lead to them eliminating certain things or to put it back under control yeah. where otherwise, if it's not done with them taking the lead, then it just becomes a shouting match with their parents. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So how did, do you have some tools or, um, kind of how, like for them to be able to monitor their own time on social media, if they're sort of getting sort of swallowed up into it and and spending way too much time on there? Like what do the students do? Yeah, that's hard. But I think as they, as they get to know themselves and start to have this vision for the future, they're going to make more time for that and less time for the right here and now on social media. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. They'll Uh, be able to, to see into the future more. And right now it's, you know, sometimes today is all consuming and yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot. I have tomorrow also. Yeah. yeah. And if they don't have a plan, they default to their social media because that's their comfort place. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You know, that's where they get affirmed. Uh, that's where they drive themselves. Um, mm-hmm. But they're, they're pursuing perfection and what, you know, perfection is a mental construct. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get there. It's like the horizon. You can move towards it, but it's always going to keep moving away. <laughs> what we want to yeah. do is progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. And you measure yourself versus yesterday's accomplishments, not versus the horizon. And mm-hmm. that helps the student make a better determination. The other thing that comes to mind as you're saying that is you measure yourself against your own self, not other people, right? It's because it, I think it could be very easy to be like, you know, looking to see what other people are doing and then to get and, discouraged. And social, social media is such a, a big part of that. And as they get yeah. more comfortable with their, yeah. their own self yeah. and, and they get more confidence in who they are, they can mm-hmm. sort of move away from depending on that interaction. Yeah. So you can see going through this process again, yeah. it is stepping stones, you're now much better prepared to pick a core major. Oh, yeah. And we help them to determine, they determine, these are my top three core majors, and why Mm -hmm. are they important to me? Mm -hmm. 
And so when they go into school, it's not just one major, they can go in three. the top three, they can pick right. the top three, so that they can possibly navigate, uh, right. because it may not be locked and locked and you know, be crystal clear, but but correct. then they get they get they have a clear enough direction. Mm-hmm. And then they can kind of fine tune from there. That's Correct. Or as Beth said, they may find that a vocational school might be a better alternative. And in doing that, A, they're going to save a ton of money. B, they're going to be happier. They're going to find themselves. And, yeah. you know, they can go forward with their lives instead of um, instead of going to college and just uh, being on the beach, as you said, and wasting right, yeah. themselves <laughs> and their parents' money. Yeah, yeah. So the final step that they go through is they develop, uh, we take them through the discovery, the determination phase, then they go into the direct phase, which says, Mm -hmm. okay, what am I going to do with all this? And so we, we help them understand a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, which is Mm -hmm. all about positive self-talk and affirmations versus negative self-talk. And Carol Dweck wrote a really good book about that, um, that really helps both parents and teachers dealing with, uh, with that positive Mm self-talk, they then create a compelling elevator speech in business. We, (laughs) we create an elevator speech when you are preparing for an interview, students should do the same thing when they Mm -hmm. are faced with a college admissions advisor and the advisor says, okay, why are you here? Yeah. They're interviews. A lot of schools do interviews for these schools, or we recommend call the admissions advisors, ask, ask questions about these schools. They want kids that are interested in, uh, in learning more about their school and have a committed interest in it. They then share this information with the summary document with their parents and their accountability partner, which is pretty transformational when the, the tables are flipped and the, and the mm-hmm. students are teaching the, or telling the parents. <laughs> wow. um, and then they incorporate all this information into their self, all the self-discovery into their mm. application essays. Oh, and so wow. we found that going through this process greatly enhances the student's chance of graduating in four years versus six years. And not only being successful in college, but also thriving as well. Wow. That's amazing. I love that it turns the table. It's not like the parents worrying, what is my kid going to do? Oh my God. Right. It's the kid like getting empowered, getting like getting to know themselves, finding that self-discovery so important. And then being able to go to their parents and say, look, this is who I am. These are my values. This is what I want. This is what I want to go for. Like what a great way to, you know, to, to, to turn the tables and, and to just, you know, all any parent wants is for their kid to be happy and, you know, thrive. And so for the kid to come to their parents and tell them, look, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And you pretty much know they're, they're headed in a good direction. That's amazing. That's amazing. Let me ask you a question. If you had to give our listeners just a couple of quick tips that they could take away and implement right away, what would those tips be? Well, I would say, first of all, start early. (laughs) Start early, even though junior year, I mean, I do get, we get a lot of students senior year, but a lot of times they don't have time to go through the self-discovery, but we work on that essay and I, I work on draw. I've been doing essays for years since that Mm -hmm. became the the main part to enable a student to stand out and be different. So I draw things out of them. And a lot of it is uh, what we do in our course. I try to draw things out, but they don't have time to take all the assessments. So we, Mm -hmm. we can't do that. So start early is, is the main thing I would say. And um, especially with the GPA freshman year, I would also say, when, when you can, when campuses are open, visit college campuses on your family vacations, just stop by whatever's along the way that you might be interested in, because a lot of students don't do that. And then they end up at a university site unseen. And that's another reason they might drop out, Mm. you know, and also talk about your financial abilities well before the application process. So you're not wasting time on, um, uh, you know, uh, it costs money to apply to each university. So you don't want to waste, usually it's about eight universities that kids apply to. That's the average. I have some that are 15 universities and great. They can do that. But, um, 
And I would seek opportunities to learn more about yourself, either in internships, in courses like this, which colleges love to see that students are taking courses outside of school mm -hmm. that influence them, that enhance their abilities and their knowledge. Also, they need to learn how to set clear goals and prioritize, which we also help them with. Because if they don't have time, a lot of times because they're involved in activities that maybe they could have said no to, and it's not quite as important as taking a self-help course. The other one is develop a growth mindset. I think that's extremely important. Positive attitude. Versus a fixed mindset. Because to be able you, to see something beyond just the peer now. Yep. Mm -hmm. My favorite word in the English language is yet. Ah. And you're saying, why are you saying that? Well, I think that you may not know something yet. You haven't yeah. learned it yet. Uh -huh. And with uh -huh. a positive mindset, you can figure something out. In today's day and age with YouTube and everything else, you can find out almost anything uh, you could almost do brain surgery on yourself, but uh, <laughs> the, the, the fact is that um, you know a growth mindset is extremely important. Mm, my gosh. And then the last thing that I would say is to find an accountability partner that oh, you yeah. can listen to and trust, and will give you constructive feedback—not what you want to hear necessarily, but will listen to you and tell you what you need to hear mm, okay. or what your student needs to hear. Okay. You mentioned earlier that the accountability partner for the one student that you um, were speaking of was their parent, their mom. Um, is that kind of a rare occasion that it is the parent that is the accountability partner? Uh, is it usually a teacher or is, is there something varies. that it varies? It varies. Why don't you speak to some of the, some of the students don't want their parents to have anything to do with it? <laughs> yes, the I do have yeah. some. Students. They don't even want the parents to read their Essay, essay, okay, doing, which is fine, and I do respect that in their privacy. Uh, I had a grandmother who was dealing. She would ask me questions. She goes, "Now I don't want you to, you know, uh, betray her confidence at all." But yeah. you know, uh, I said, "Don't worry, I won't." And what your what the grandmother was worried about wasn't even the case that they thought their granddaughter was going through. That I could, that's all I could say. But yeah, yeah, you know, um, but. Uh, they're very, yeah, some of them are totally don't tell my parents or, you know, don't share with my parents, which the parents are fine with that usually. Yeah. Uh, but we do like to include the parents if we can, because I think it's beneficial for everybody to do that. But a lot of times it's a friend or mentor or a coach, someone that they or trust. Teacher. Yeah, or teacher. Or a teacher. And I that's fine. I think it's so great to know. I think for parents out there, like if you're a parent whose child is really like kind of wanting to go it on their own. Mm -hmm. Right. And maybe not have the parent as involved. I think mm -hmm. it's very comforting as as a parent that is in that category to just hear that they're not alone if that's yes. the case for them, you yes, know, so and true. to realize, oh, OK, that's how it goes sometimes. And maybe that is a, a part of their child finding their own independence. And right. it's all right. So what a comforting you, relief that is, I think. Yes. And a lot of times the interactions between parents and teens are stressful. That's normal. Yeah. The, the teens are trying to find their independence, yeah. you know, and um, it, that's hard to do and they don't want to offend their parents. Um, but this is a good, you know, launching point. And I have parents who say, could you tell my daughter this? She won't listen to me. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll try. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> we, you're reminding me, we have an analogy we use in our household of um, like a, um, baby eagles and um the story goes that like uh, eagles sort of like have a nest that is made of like thorns and then pad them up with feathers and every task that the child learns that is a, a you know helping them with their independence is like they're earning an eagle feather so every time i you know like have the kids like you know learn how to do laundry or learn how to make a meal or something they may not want to do take out the trash you know like you know here you are earning an eagle feather that is then going to help you on your way you know so that that gently uh gradually that the the little eagle is going to be able to fly on their own yes so, so true yeah. very much so i would also one other bit of advice is if you can get outside help you can't depend on this high school to do everything like prepare them for ACT, SAT. I used to do individual 
tutoring for ACT, SAT, which mm-hmm. helps amazingly. It's just a strategy. It's not really how much you know. It's just teaching the strategy of how to take the tests. That's yeah. very important. I would also get, uh, when it comes to writing the essays, get help. I, I have an example of a student just recently, so qualified, and she'd done so many uh, community activities and was an entrepreneur and had great grades and everything, but she didn't want any help with her essay. Apparently she oh. came to me when she got on the wait list, her mother came to me and mm. she got a wait list for some of these schools where she yeah. was very qualified to get into. Mm-hmm. And so when you're on the wait list, then you have to write another essay that says oh, what you've been okay. doing since you applied the first time. Oh, and wow. so I was able to get in and read the, the essay that she submitted the first time. And sure okay. enough, in the first paragraph, there were grammar errors. Oh, and, you know, and she could have had those, um, had some oh help gosh, and, and been, could have. yes. So much better and off. so the admissions officers only have like 12 minutes per application. Oh, to look. So if you have all the qualifying test scores and grades, then mm-hmm. they look at your essay. A lot of times they can't even read the whole essay because there might be three or four essays they require. But if wow. they see that grammar error, in the first, they'll, they'll just say, nope, put it in that pile. Some of them are just, wow, like, that's really good to know. And, and especially for a child who doesn't want help, yes. that, that grammar is going to be really important. Let me ask you just a quick question. So um, ACT, SAT. So mm-hmm. as far as the SAT scores, you know, we know that's important. Um, tell us just a little bit more about like, what is the ACT test and should kids take that? Well, it just depends if you're more science oriented, they say the ACT is, is better for you. I, hmm, to me, the science part of the ACT is really just a reading test, how well you can read charts and graphs and uh, experiment, you know, the, the, they list the experiments they've done and you have to decipher these um, graphs. And so sometimes that's hard and confusing, but I, I don't treat it as science. I treat it as a reading, this read what they say and answer the questions. But I think ACT is a little bit more difficult. I think SAT is, uh, more, I approach it as a, it's really a game. And when you see this in their question, this is what, you know, they're trying to find out. And so you're going to fool them at their own game and you're going to know, Oh, I know what they're testing me there. So it's a whole strategy. And the Princeton review books are wonderful. That's what I always used when I taught it. Princeton review because they have practice tests, practice, practice, practice. I tell you, (laughs) it helps. I'll give you an interesting factoid that many of your listeners may be saying my Mm. kids, my teens just said the tests are optional. So therefore, I don't need to worry about the tests. That is true. But what happens? The schools that have lots more applications and they still have to make a determination who they're going to pick. So therefore, the essays become that much more important. The extracurricular activities become that much more important because they don't have the ACT and SAT to go on. So they have Mm -hmm. to make their complete determination based upon how compelling does this person describe their self-discovery, what their purpose is, and so forth. So there is a misconception that, oh, it's going to be easier to get into college if I don't have to take the SAT and the ACT. Wow. So you should take them. Yes. Take the tests. Good. (laughs) Yeah. If they they require them, especially because that just gives them, for those who did take the test, it gives them another, you know, data point. Data point. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Oh my goodness. This is such wonderful information. I'm so grateful for you guys to come and speak on the show. Um, It's great to be here. Let me ask you a question. If our listeners wanted to find you, um, what is the best place for them to find you? Well, um, first of all, thank you for having us on today. It's been fantastic. (laughs) And we hope your listeners have enjoyed it as well. We put together some information that what we call as the teen self-discovery starter kit. Yeah. And basically they can find that on at www.collegeflightplan, collegeflightplan, just like it sounds.com slash guide. Let me repeat that. www.collegeflightplan.com slash guide. And it includes the self-discovery starter kit, as well as the top five actions that guarantee college success. 
Wow, that's amazing. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and you can also contact yeah. us on our site at College Flight Plan. There's contact information there. I even think my telephone number might be on there. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, <call. laughs> what a comfort to know that that our listeners can reach out and then just yes. get such good, you know, get connected with you guys. Oh my God. Yeah. I just want to thank you guys for coming onto the show. I'm so grateful for our conversation. I think it's going to help so many people. Um, I wonder if in future you might be willing to come on again. We would love to. Absolutely. <laughs> it would be our pleasure. Oh, great. Good, good, good. Um, well, and, until then, um, I'm so grateful um, to have had you guys on the show. Thank you so much for the conversation. And we'll look forward to seeing you the next time. Oh, thanks that sounds so great, much. Francis. Thank you so much. Thank thanks you so much. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Based on what we talked about, I made a special download for you entitled The Ultimate College packing checklist. You can find that in the show notes, or you can go to my website, www.taylorfitwellness.com and check the resources page. I hope that is helpful for you. Have a great rest of your day, and we look forward to seeing you the next time. Thanks. Bye.